0: Welcome to the British American Business Council Los Angeles podcast. The BABCLA is part of a vast transatlantic network celebrated across the US and UK for its important social and business connections. Each episode, you'll hear enlightening interviews with British and American experts across industries. Hello, everyone. I'm Jo Healy. I'm the Executive Director of the British American Business Council in Northern California. And we are in partnership today with our sister chapter in Los Angeles. We would like to welcome you all. We're delighted to be able to bring this event to you. And we'll be learning from our partners at Virgin Atlantic Airways about their plans to return to the skies and what the landscape looks like for corporate and leisure travel. So without further ado, I'm pleased to hand over to James Langridge, President of our sister chapter in L.A., who is kindly moderating today's session.
1: Good afternoon. My name is James and it's great to be here. You're listening to another live podcast event in collaboration with the British American Business Council Northern California and San Francisco Bay Area, and also Los Angeles. And I'm just delighted that we're all together again. Simon, Denise, it feels like we're old friends at this point. Welcome, nice to see you. And Christina, welcome. Wonderful to have you here from Frosh Travel. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that in a minute, but just before we get started and while everyone's tuning in. Uh, we expect a great audience today and I know we've got some very exciting things to talk about anything to do with travel i'm very excited but that's just that's just me if you're signing in. And you're here now and you have a question, please ask us go to the bottom of the screen There's a Q QA a button click on that button Write your question in there and we'll either have a chance to bring you in and ask live or i'll ask it for you and we'll do our very best to get through everything. It's gonna be a fast paced meeting today. We've got a lot of ground to cover. I know that Simon, Denise and Christina will have things they wanna tell you about and I can't wait to hear them. But without further ado, if this is the first time people are tuning in and, and joining us, maybe we could just do a quick round table and everyone could just introduce themselves real quick. Christina, would you like to kick us off?
2: Absolutely. Thank you, James. I'm so excited to be here. Virgin Taking the Skies is super exciting. European travel is very, very top of mind for folks today. Very excited for uh, summer. Uh, There is some festive space left available as well. I'm Christina Trini with Frost Travel, full-time travel consultant for the last 25 years. Still going strong, even during the downtime. Things are looking up and people are excited to travel. So I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me.
1: Thank you, Christina. And Denise, good afternoon, great to see you again.
2: Good to see you again too, James. Uh, We are
3: getting to be old friends on these, aren't we? I'm with Virgin Atlantic, I'm the commercial director in the West. And so San Francisco is very important to me and to Virgin. And we're very happy to be on this call today to talk about San Francisco and Virgin Atlantic and the relationship that we've long held with the San Francisco community. So really happy to be here
1: Thanks, Denise. Simon, good afternoon. How are you today?
4: I'm good. Hi, everyone. Thanks, James. Yeah, so my name is Simon Hawkins. I head up Virgin Atlantic in North America. I'm unfortunately not on the West Coast. As much as I love the West Coast, I'm based out of here in Atlanta, embedded within the Delta organization, who is a joint venture partner of Virgin Atlantic for the last
1: seven years now. So it's a pleasure to be on this call. Thank you, Simon. And you hit a great note there. Partnerships uh, amongst organizations is so critical at the moment. And I know we have a bunch of stuff to talk about here, but let's talk about the partnership that Frosch enjoys with Virgin Atlantic. It's a very big deal. And I know you guys have worked together for a long time, but maybe you could just tell us a little bit about that and the people who are listening in and what they could benefit from working with one of you guys on this.
2: I'll just jump right in and say Virgin is one of our most strategic and important partners, whether it's for leisure or corporate travel. What it basically means is that our relationships that we've had it's it's not an overnight relationship right it's decades long and basically that translates to higher service for consumers whether you're corporate or leisure and you know a lot of times people say oh you know that's great you know simon and denise and james and Catherine." but how does that affect me what does that mean for me the consumer what it really means is you have a lot more eyes on your bookings it means that inherently you're going to be kind of fast-tracked to that golden level of service Whenever something does go wrong, if and when it does, we have people that we can escalate to. Uh, And this is just a little bit of the stuff that's just off the surface. But we have several resources that we work well with corporate clients, including global mobile apps that we can disperse. And um, it really is about the access, the relationships, and the communication. So, you know, you can buy a ticket wherever you want but that doesn't mean you're gonna get into the country. It doesn't mean that it's gonna operate. And so we're here to kind of be the conduit between yourselves and your travel experience. And it's really about that relationship that we foster down to the consumer and they in turn benefit from that. So it's, it's a great partnership.
4: I'd echo that on the Virgin Atlantic side. Russia has been a fantastic partner of ours for a long period of time now. And I completely echo that point. I think during the last 18 months, it has been an incredibly challenging period for airlines, for agents as well. And we've really, really, really appreciated all of the partnership, especially um, as Christina says, around things like service recovery, when you know our joint customers, things are being disrupted, countries are changing restrictions. It is fantastic to have a partner like Christina and like our organizations to help support us and our joint customers.
1: It's great to see organizations coming together and now As travel is starting to pick up again, we've got lots more questions as always. Some of them, you know, we probably don't have all the answers to today, but we know, for example, US has announced they're opening up the border to the UK again for people to travel over here sometime in November. That is exciting. Cannot wait for that. But how about when we can actually travel now from the US? That's something that's very, we're already getting a few questions now in this meeting on what do we do? What paperwork do we need? A lot of us, maybe some of us on this call, some of the people tuning in and many people who aren't here probably haven't travelled for almost two years. And so the entry requirements, it used to just be, what's your passport number, show me that, turn up and on your way. Now, it's a bit more than that. And Simon, I know that you have something to share with us on the simplicity of travelling and what it means when we show up at the airport. Did you want to share that now or do we want to talk about it first?
4: I think, look, I think going back to the end of July, when the British government confirmed that vaccinated US travellers could enter the UK quarantine-free. There was a collective sigh of relief, I think, in terms of, wow, things are starting to open up. But at the same time, I think we all knew as an airline, as an industry, that there was actually going to be quite a lot of complexity to this. And so, look, I think when you look at the current restrictions that are in place, which have actually reduced in October again, there are still a few kind of hurdles that the customer has to take for entry or quarantine-free entry into the UK. In discussion with everyone before this, we just have a slide, and actually I I find this to be a bit of an honesty slide because it keeps me honest on where things are at at the moment. And I think for US-vaccinated customers entering the UK, we're approaching an element of normality, which is really good to see. So the UK, as many people will know, had a traffic light system in place where it classified a country as per the traffic light. Now, essentially, this month, that traffic light system has been scrapped as of the 4th of October. And you've essentially got two categories. You've got rest of world and you've got red countries. And the red countries are diminishing significantly. The US has always been obviously within that rest of world category. So if you are vaccinated, the current check that you have to set in place for departing the United States as a vaccinated customer going to the UK is you have to complete a passenger locator form. And as of now, for a week, you've had to have booked a day two or before PCR test in the UK. So those come together. So you have to, when you complete the passenger locator form, there's a code you've got when you've actually booked the test and you upload that into the passenger locator form. So what came into effect this month was actually 72 hours prior to departure, there was also a pre departure test, but that is now gone as well, which simplified the process. And then looking in about two weeks' time, This PCR test in the UK on day two or before of arrival will become a lateral flow test as well. So I've been to the UK. A PCR test is quite expensive in the UK. So this, again, just kind of reduces some of the challenges for customers who are heading over to the UK. So it's a really positive step in the right direction, recognizing vaccinated US customers in the right way and getting us back to some sense of normality, I think, in the travel ribbon.
2: You know, I love this slide because it's very user-friendly and it just takes you through the process. It reminds me of the fact that, you know, a lot of people like to say travel agents, travel consultants, travel advisors, trip designers, but I actually really feel, especially in the last 18 months, that we are travel advocates. We're advocating for you because there is so much different information and sometimes it's hard to read those slides, right? And if we can't read them, Then we reach out to someone in destination. Frosh has an office in London, people that we can go to. We have that extended arm of service. So I just, I really can't stress enough that if, you know, maybe you've been booking your travel by yourself for years and decades and it's been going great and that's wonderful, but it's kind of like, you don't know what you're missing until something goes wrong and we're here to help fix it or we're here to get you to the right people, get you to the right places, to get the right information because it's a shifting landscape. And I'm sure Simon, those charts have changed many times. They've had many renditions, they've had many versions and it's just to keep up with all of that. That's kind of what I love to do and that's where the service comes in and the partnership with all the people on this call as well.
4: Yeah, and I think we're completely empathetic to the fact that there's one country and you're hundred percent right, Christina, The the other European countries have different rules. They've actually rolled things back, whereas the UK is opening up. Slightly other European countries are putting more restrictions in place at this time. So, yeah, 100%. I think the preparation of customers before they get to the airport is absolutely crucial. I am probably about 500 metres away from the busiest airport in the world, Vanser Airport. And I do spend one night a week in the airport to see, understand and feel what's going on, not only from our operational side, but from the customer side. And I think the difference between now and two months ago when the sky started to open, it's, it's getting better. And just to give you all some insight, from the average transaction time when someone went to the airport pre-COVID, when they went, had to go to a desk, someone might not have checked luggage or checked in online before, was about two minutes. When we started opening things up, it was six and a half minutes. It's now reduced significantly, but that preparation beforehand is key, really That's essential.
1: That's crucial. Thank you for kind of bringing that up, Simon. I travelled to England and flew with you guys a couple of weeks back. And so now I'm understanding from your slide. So we had to have a PCR test 72 hours prior to departure. So now we don't have to do that. Thank God, because I don't like that test they do. And the lateral flow I can deal with, but it's the other one I'm not a fan of. So it's incredible that that's already changed. It's great to see, it's very encouraging. But you hit on something, Simon, just because we're talking about it, and Christina, is being prepared when you arrive at the airport, I think you guys have done a fantastic job. When you check in, you've got a greeter there who wants to check your paperwork, who's there to help you every step of the way before you even go into the check-in desk. It's incredibly helpful, but you've got to have done those things prior. And so that's the bit. And I know that Delta and Virgin, you guys have been ahead of the game on that, keeping people updated on what to do. Just to say it's two years. During that time, it's adapted and evolved. There's a lot of different things that you've done can you share just some high points for everyone listening in on what that is and what we can expect as this continues it's a moving target I understand but maybe a little bit more on that would provide some more reassurance
4: look first thing I'd say and again I can't reiterate enough I am physically based in the Delta office Delta is Virgin Atlantic it's a, it holds equity in Virgin Atlantic but it is a really deep partner of Virgin Atlantic and I think I always have to give credit to Delta and the partnership that we have. They really led the way at the start of this from um, airline response to this. And the first thing is from a cleanliness perspective. So on the Delta side, they have Delta Clean Standard. On the Virgin Atlantic side, we have something called Fly Safe, Fly Well, which is our commitment to safely get people to, through the travel ribbon, with that cleanliness in mind throughout the whole process, whether it's at the airport, whether it's on board. And I think everyone as an airline employee over the last two years has become experts in cleanliness, HEPA filters on flights, 99.999% of air is filtrated on airlines. Look, we realized as an industry that it was going to be a very challenging time with the virus spreading. So we really had to make some really positive steps. And, you know, we're monitoring the cleanliness and the customer feedback on every single flight that we have. With regards to kind of that check-in process, we developed with Delta the Fly Ready app, which is, as it sounds, an application where basically any of your tests you can upload. And so essentially that will attach itself to your booking. So when you get to the airport, that six and a half minutes I spoke to at the beginning, part of the reduction in that is because we now have customers showing up to the desk who have got this information uploaded and it's almost just a tick box exercise. We have to check all of the customer documents just to clarify for everyone because we essentially are the gatekeepers when you enter London or anywhere in the UK that we fly to. So essentially, if we have said we pass this customer to go to the UK, they're vaccinated, they have all the necessary documentation. If you get spot check in London, we will be the ones that get fined as an organisation. And there's heavy fines associated with that. So we've really tried to develop some technology to really support that. And then um, I would say second and third, it's just around flexibility. So things like the elimination of change fees. You know, we realised during this period, the last 18 months, your plans will change, whether it's driven by impact of the virus on yourself, family members, et cetera, et cetera, exposure to it. So we eliminated change fees. And then things like the extension of frequent flyer and tier status was something that we led the market on as well. Because again, we realized that customers need flexibility.
2: You know, I have a question for you. You brought up the point of spot checking it when you're in destination, which I know a lot of uh, places are doing that. And I think that's, it's the new normal. So you have to be prepared for it. What else can uh, consumers anticipate or expect when they're in London specifically? What is the general atmosphere like for travelers right now?
4: I can answer, but James has probably been more recently than me. I've been, I didn't go for 18 months. And it's really interesting when you go for the first time because you've been used to the United States way of things, and then you go to the UK. All I can say really as a summary is it's very, very normal in the UK now. When you look at the vaccination rate, I think at last check, the UK is when you look at everyone over twelve years old, eighty percent of the population is vaccinated over twelve years old, and another five percent have the first dose. So it's at really high levels. Life is very normal. When I went back three weeks ago I was accompanying my wife, and we stayed in central London, she was working. We went to an EPL game. You talk about Ted Lasso. We actually did go to a soccer game. Only thing they did was checked our vaccination card on entry. But again, it was a very simple process. We traveled on the underground bars, restaurants. Um, for me, certainly in London, when we were there, things were very normal. Good to hear.
1: Yeah, I can, I can echo that um, just because we're talking about London. I, I've, you never forget, but I kind of slightly forgot how amazing London is and I love the place. And and I love LA, don't get me wrong, but you know, we're very careful here. So it's the masks, mask, masks. We got on a plane, wear your mask, you take your mask off, don't take your mask off. We get there, we land. It took, it did take a day because we got in, we had a car pick us up and the guy said, oh, you don't have to wear your mask. And then my wife looked at me like, I don't know, an alien had just landed. And then we kind of got into the rhythm of it. And then we realized it's very normal. People are going about life now and being sensible and careful, but it's definitely, it was a breath of fresh air. And actually staying in central London was wonderful. We went out and ate in restaurants, and it was fun, and there was a lot of people around, and it was just really, really a lovely experience. Landing off the plane, breezing through Heathrow Airport was just an absolute. The immigration, it was just a couple of minutes. It was unbelievable. I keep looking over at the chat screen here because there's so much love for Virgin and Delta being kind of shared on there. It's absolutely brilliant, and it's great to see. And thank you everyone for your comments. It's just lovely. But yeah, I could talk about London forever, but it's not about me. We're gonna keep talking to you guys. Denise, I know that you're kind of heading up and you're seeing a lot of stuff down here in LA, and you have a great relationship, obviously, with LAX Airport. We had a fantastic kind of arrival set up. We entered through Virgin Delta Terminal and we went over to Tom Bradley. But the Delta Terminal was lovely. Tom Bradley obviously is geared up more for international travel, so it feels that way. When can we expect the lounges and that kind of stuff to start opening up more there? Because Tom Bradley, they've just also built the extension for it as well. So any updates on that part? Well,
3: so for San Francisco, James, our lounges currently open. Yes, and it, correct. So just so you know, and that is the airside. So at one time it was not airside. So the good news is that it, it is airside now. So I think anybody who's enjoyed that clubhouse before, which it is a lovely clubhouse, will even enjoy it more knowing that it's now airside. In Los Angeles, that construction continues on those terminals that Delta and Virgin fly out of, so 2-3 and Tibet. So we are working right now on finding maybe a temporary solution to Clubhouse and transfer from Terminal 2 into Tibbet. And that is coming. And then of course, we'll have a long-term proposition. And we probably should know more about that, maybe even in the next
1: couple of weeks. That's absolutely wonderful. Just to clarify, the Virgin Lounge in the San Marantz SFO, is that also the Virgin America Lounge as well? Or is that two separate things at the SFO airport? Just Virgin Atlantic. Okay, gotcha. That's wonderful. Well, that's great information for everybody who's listening. Thank you very much for that update, Denise. You know, we keep talking about how easy it is, how we're adapting to the new kind of everything opening up. Do we have any speculation yet on exactly when the gates are going to open up for us to come back from the UK for our families, people who don't have green cards, non-citizens of the US, when when that will happen and what can they expect from a travel from that point to here? Any, anyone want to jump in? Maybe Christina, do you want to jump on that?
2: I think we're just like ready to sell tickets and start checking availability because November, December is really what we're just waiting for the ink to be signed. But it's pretty much it's happening, right? Yeah. And along those lines, I mean, I was talking about next summer and spring. I'm seeing so much Interests and people buying tickets for Europe and England and London and all over. And so I'm seeing a lot of activity and interest. And so there is still December space. I would say that once that an, uh, announcement is finalized and things are the doors are actually open, we're going to see a big push for people wanting to come back. So it's, I think the time to book travel is now, actually. I really do think that. So um, you were talking about the lounges. Can you talk about the Peloton bike a little bit? Because <laughs> I'm kind of excited about that. And also the Revivals lounge as well.
1: How- I'm happy to talk about that. So when I flew back from London, I was in the Virgin Lounge and it is always great. I love that place. And before you guys used to have uh, massage setups and everything, that was always wonderful. Now you've got the Peloton bikes. So and this is what I'll say. I was eating a very nice chicken curry that was prepared there. And I looked at the bikes and they look great. That's my answer. They look great. That's it. But it really does look great. I love how you've done it because it's just like a very welcoming environment. People are you know, usually running around at airports with their heads falling off if they don't travel that often. So you've got a kind of a sanctuary there for families if they're traveling. You've got the business networking people who obviously you've got it dialed in. And it's just a nice welcoming spot. It's a pit stop. You know, You're never really in there for that long. If you want to grab a quick bite that was my experience it's all there if you wanted or if you've only got five minutes you can grab a newspaper and um bottle of water and then on your way so that's just my feedback the clubhouse has always been fantastic and it just gets better every time
3: and the revivals lounge is open in london so it's the hours of it are Clearly for people who are arriving in the morning so that you can shower, kind of get your day started before you go into London. So that lounge is open. It just depends on flight time of whether it would be open upon arrival, depending on your flight.
1: Wonderful. Denise, we're going to keep you for a second. Sandro, our very good friend, Sandro Minetti has asked a question and Denise, I know you'd like to answer that one live, but let me just kind of tee it up so everyone can hear. We did answer some of it earlier. Sandro is traveling. Sandro, let's bring you in. Sandro, can you hear us?
5: I can. Hello, everybody. The skies are open. Celebration time.
1: (laughs) Wonderful to have you here, Sandro. Why don't you and Denise chat a little bit about your question? Because I know we've covered some of it, but we cannot have a travel event without you on it. Okay, so welcome.
5: Thank you. Um, I'm a very organized person, but international travel has got me banging my head against the desk. And so I uh, need you to clarify a few things if you'd be so kind. You said first of all that you wanted to answer to everybody. As a U.S. citizen flying back from London to the U.S., I need to get a lateral flow test 72 you hours beforehand?
3: I... You do, Sandro. You need to have a test to come back into the U.S. That's a U.S. requirement. It does not have to be a PCR
1: test. It's at Heathrow Airport Terminal 3. If you get there an hour earlier and book it, You'll have your results in about 25 minutes, and then you can walk straight through check-in. It's a piece of cake. It's so easy.
5: I love the talk back, and I'm, I'm sure that question will apply to lots of other people on here as well. The second one is this passenger location form. Is it just within the last 48 hours you have to send it, or can you send it before then? And second part, who do I send it to, a government website or to Virgin Atlantic?
3: I'm going to defer to Simon on that because I haven't done the passenger locator form, but you do need to do it in advance of your travel and in advance of arranging your day two test.
4: Yeah, and it's, Sandra, it's within 48 hours of departing is when you can do it. I would say the first time you do it, you have to fill in, you know, your passport details and all of that stuff. But essentially then when you travel next time, essentially it saves most of your details. So all you need to then put the next time you travel is, which flight you're on, when you're arriving, and all of that good stuff as well. So, the first time takes probably about 10 to 15 minutes. The next time, I would say five minutes at most. Is it submitted via the UK Gov website or via somewhere else? It's a government website. And you get that if you're flying on Virgin Atlantic, for example, you'll get reminders 21 14 7 3, 2, 1, and that will have the link on that. You click through that, you go to a government website, you fill in all of your details, and then it's submitted through the government. But at the same time, what we need, every airline, is the actual form printed out as well.
5: Thank you, Simon. Final question. Is there a reason I can't find Fly Ready in the App Store? Is it only in other places that I don't have, like iTunes or or am I spelling it wrong? How do I find the Fly Ready app?
4: So the Fly Ready, it, we don't have it as an app. What it is is when you check in online the flying. It will say, "Do you want to use Fly Ready?" And you can use Fly Ready, and you can upload your documentation when you check in online. Oh,
5: thank you. I was mistaken. I thought it was like Verifly or something like that. It's a, it's an app, but no, it's just part of the check-in process. Got it. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah I tried, thank you.
3: I tried to download it too sandro and i wasn't able to do it myself thinking oh i'll just put this app on here for when i am ready to fly but yeah it doesn't necessarily work in advance of your trip but i do want to say everything is on our site on um, virginatlantic.com so you can arrange all your testing before you even leave you can get the link to the passenger locator form. Everything is there. We'll try to put that link on this uh, chat. I have Grant on the call in the background. So maybe Grant, you could paste that in.
5: Thanks so much for your answers, both to these and all the general uh, questions. Great to see you all. Keep up the good work.
1: Thank you, Sandro. All right, that was a great one. Thank you very much. Another question that came in, but I know that we've kind of touched on this in the past, well, there's two parts to it. First part was Lee Evans, president of BABC Orange County, wanted to know any updates on the LA to Manchester route or San Francisco to Manchester route. i've is fine. They're looking to arrange a mission to London or mission to Northern England for later in 2023. So, obviously, I would assume something will be then by then, but any updates uh, now or in the near future when that route may reopen?
3: Yeah, Manchester is going, is right now, it's scheduled to come back in our summer 22 schedule, so that'd be around March 28th, out of Los Angeles. We had served San Francisco, Manchester, but we have shifted it to Los Angeles. Easy connection on Delta to get down to Los Angeles and grab that flight. Of course, all schedules are subject to change, but right now it is planned to begin around March 28th. I see this question on here about a San Francisco flight in December. We can take that offline if you like. I can paste in my email address, but our San Francisco flights are operating, but not every day of the week. So it could be if your flight was canceled, it might've been the wrong day of the week. So we're actually operating on Thursdays, Saturdays, Sundays, and Tuesdays. So if your flight was booked in December on a different day than those, it could be that's why. And we're happy to reschedule that for you. Thank you, Denise, for
1: grabbing that one.
4: I think just to give a bit more context, aside from that, just looking at airline networks. So, look, we are, from a passenger service perspective, we are desperate to get back to full frequency and all of these destinations. You know, it's a, it's a sign of, you know, our return, of the industry's return, of, of humankind's return to travelling. Um, but I think, you know, one of the challenges we've had is obviously the government restrictions and also the fact that around 50% of that point of sale revenue is coming from the UK, which has obviously been closed off. With more stability from governments and administrations, whether it's the Biden administration or on the UK side, we are starting to get more stability in that operation. So we are 100% returning to you know daily plus on San Francisco. It's one of our most important markets pre-COVID. And Manchester will always, always, always be one of our big UK destinations as well. We have a big focus on that pre-pandemic. And we absolutely need to return to Manchester with volume from the West Coast moving forward.
1: Thank you, Simon. Our friend Grant Mitchell has just very kindly posted in the chat, anyone viewing now, the uh, FlyReady link. Sandro, if you're still there, please grab that. And anyone else, grab that because that is very helpful. I can't say enough nice things about Virgin Atlantic. It was just a pleasure to travel with you guys. I'm a massive fan of the experience of traveling. Probably a complete nutcase is probably what we'd say in England because I like to know even what the food's being served and everything on the flight. I just love the whole experience. And I think that was a big thing as COVID hit, for obvious reasons, safety first. There is always safety first, let's be honest, but specifically with COVID and, and wearing masks and mandates and being very aware of that side of things and how it, how it would impact the actual experience of travel, which is in itself is just such a wonderful thing. Tell us a little bit more about that. If it's the first time people are tuning in, I know we've touched on this in some of our previous podcasts, but Simon, do you want to head up that one? How have you made sure that the experience of travel and the fun the fun factor is still there because people travel not just for business, they travel for vacation as well. So what, what things can people expect and what can, what's going to change as well?
4: I think with the cleanliness measures that have been taken throughout the pandemic, Those will continue. That is sacrosanct for Virgin Atlantic moving forward. And look, I think from hopefully many of many people on this would have flown on Virgin Atlantic. From an internal perspective, we are incredibly proud of our operating crew. They are fantastic. And actually wearing a mask kind of takes away. It feels like sometimes some of that real great character that they have. In terms of the whole experience, what we at Virgin Atlantic, we have a heritage of delivering new and differentiated product, whether it's the first to deliver a premium economy product. Many, many years ago, live flatbeds across the transatlantic, many years ago, we were the first to deliver that. Prior to the pandemic, we started launching our A350 product, which is daily um, to LA, Atlanta, and New York. And there's more of those being delivered. And we're moving forward next year to deliver a new A3, uh, another new type of A350 as well, with new product on that as well. So there's going to be some interesting new designs to that as well, that's coming out later next year. In addition to that, as you've rightly said at the moment, if you're flying from San Francisco to London and back, you've you've got that clubhouse experience, whether it's at San Francisco or whether it's the Revivals Lounge, or then when you come back going through our you know, world-renowned clubhouse that we do have from a Virgin Atlantic perspective. We are super focused on product moving forward. We've been through a tough time. I think that's well documented. But our focus on product and the quality of our products and service will always be sacrosanct at Virgin Atlantic.
1: Well said. That was great. You touched on new products, Simon. 2022 is knocking on the door. We're nearly there. Give us some hints. We want to hear it. What we got coming?
4: A couple of weeks ago, we released the new A350 that I spoke about. It has on it in upper class. We've kind of played around. We've had the bar. We have the bar in upper class, but now we've created almost um, like a diner booth where customers can go and sit with their significant other or families and be wined and dined up the front of the aircraft. And in addition to that, we've obviously got that premium economy and the three types of economy products that we have. That's kind of one of the headline pieces that we're bringing um, to the skies next year. And then there might be some network changes and some good stuff coming as well. We wanna see more of those Virgin Atlantic aircraft across the US.
1: That's great. I mean, yeah, I mean, exciting new routes. Anything you can share on that? More than what we've already said okay fair enough here's one how about a direct flight from la to the bahamas you, no one does that you have to go to yeah. the yeah. middle of nowhere usually and sit around for a few hours before you get there can we please consider because you can fly to the bahamas i think on Vir, no you can't that's to miami actually
4: two things you can fly uh, virgin atlantic next month is launching london to the bahamas you could fly to london then over to the bahamas if you want and okay. second, have a great joint venture partner in Delta who fly from
1: Atlanta to the Bahamas as well. I've done it many times and it's lovely. Don't get me wrong, but it would be nice just to do that one flight. But hey, who's complaining? I'm in the Bahamas. Look, you see the background. I've been here the whole time. What am I even talking about? Gosh, I absolutely love the topic of travel. Christina, you know, you're well versed in getting people all over the world. They come to you and you set it up and make it happen. You know what can people expect when they book something with you? Let us understand a little bit more about that, and obviously the partnership. When you're physically getting people into the Virgin place, then they're on the ground and traveling around. Just touch on that a little bit for us, please.
2: I appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, both of you were talking a little bit about the magic of travel and how much you love traveling. And you know, in the beginning of this conversation, it's so important. I and I love talking about the nitty gritty and what to expect and what to anticipate. But there are some intangible qualities that I think are actually inherently making travel even a little bit better now, because the reality is it is stressful. OK, but my job is to kind of start that process, the anticipatory process of the requirements, the restrictions, the what to expect when you're in a destination and the fact that it may or may not change. But the reality is I've traveled internationally twice in the last five or six months in both times. What I was met with was this sincere gratitude and this authentic enthusiasm of everybody is having to navigate these challenges of, you know, not just getting on a plane and getting there and charging your phone and your, you know, the old days, we all have to do a little bit more work. I mean, it's not, we can all do it, but if you don't know about it, it can be stressful. But when you get to your destination, I've never had so many people thank me before in the sense that. Thank you for tr- choosing our destination. Thank you for traveling. Thank you for being here. I mean, a lot of places have been shut down for seven, eight, nine months, and so you have an opportunity right now to travel, where you will have experiences, highs and lows, I may say, but the highs will be that you will have these connections with people that are so grateful to have you traveling. That it's something we may never, hopefully, never experience again, where you have this this really intimate connection with folks that are also traveling with you, right? Cause you're on a plane and you're like, well, did you get your test? Did you get this? How many times did you have to this and that? And you know, maybe it's expensive here. Well, did you try this test? So there's a lot of, there's some good is what I'm saying. And we get caught up in the minutia, which is incredibly important of the requirements. So back to your answer, but I just wanted to touch on that intangibles that I think make travel even more magical now. And let's not forget that because it really is. I have people meet, meeting me all levels of the spectrum, you know, enthusiasm, anxiety, enthusiasm, anxiety. And I try to meet them where they're at. Some people on this call may have been traveling many times internationally. I have people that still are are not comfortable traveling. That's fine. We're going to plant the seed because you have something to look forward to. You're also going to get the great availability and the great rates and the great promotions now. And we're going to walk you through that process. So basically I always did that before, but now it's just, so much more important because I don't want any of my clients to get to the airport and get denied boarding. And other people have, I'm happy to say none of my clients have gotten denied boarding because they all are properly prepared. We have the best relationships with Virgin. So we have the best promotions we have for corporate and leisure clients. We have personalized apps. So when you're in destination, uh, you get an alert SMS on your phone that says if there's a schedule change, we actually have a duty of care for the clients and traveler tracking what that really means is that if and when things change because of weather or other circumstances where a flight is delayed and or canceled we're ahead of that because we have everything in the system and so we are alerted and sometimes we're able to pivot and change itineraries before the client is like waiting in line and frustrated and upset right so we pretty much do hand-holding and then destination, taking care of you while you're in destination and then cleanup because there sometimes are messes, right? And then it's not what happens. It's how you clean it up. But I have to say, Simon was right. It has been challenging to say the least. I still love this industry. I still love travel and travel is, is something that makes our lives it connects us all, right? Uh, my husband is from Italy. So, you know, his parents live there. So we have to travel to see them. We get to travel to see them, right? And, you know, whether it's for leisure or for family or for business, I think it really is important to kind of keep going. And we're, I'm here to meet you where you're at. So, like I said, if you're not comfortable right now traveling, I'll meet you where, where your anticipation level is, but provide accurate information. We talked about before the relationships, which are transparent and access. And and communication, and that's what we provide. Christina, I think that, that getting that enthusiasm back for
3: travel like you have is so important. I mean, I think we've all been so cocooned for such a long time and just kind of gotten used to just staying put, that getting back to seeing all the exciting things that there are to see out there. And of course my focus is London and and you know, going to see the war rooms, uh, going at Christmas time, going to Kew Gardens, seeing the lights. Uh, Next year's the Queen's Jubilee. So there's still so much out there and it's such a big world. And if you haven't been able to see some of those sites, now's the time. I think you're gonna find that you're not bumper to bumper with people like you might've been you know, in 2019. So why not get in on that now before it gets too, too crowded again? I mean, we all want it to be crowded again because that's our business, but there's lots to see and do out there. So now's the time. I, I totally agree with you.
2: Yeah, I I actually I had tears in my eyes when I landed the first time because I was just and it wasn't you know it was just like this relief and this excitement and uh, I I think it's a unique opportunity that we have to travel right now.
1: Absolutely, I, think, I love what everybody just said. That was wonderful, and yeah, when uh, I think my highlight of our trip was it was the evening and we stopped outside Buckingham Palace. My daughter got a new picture outside Buckingham Palace at night. And now she's showing all her friends just. It's just great. There's so much to see in the world. And just in this instance, we're talking about London. It's just great. It's just the best. We're getting towards the end of of our podcast here. I just want to thank everybody. Uh, I do have one more question for everybody, but I want to thank everybody who's tuned in and listened today. And I hope you got a lot out of this. I know I certainly have, as always. I can't thank Simon, Denise and Christina enough, Joe as well for quarterbacking the whole thing for us. But I love to ask this question. Uh, I've asked so many different questions, but you know, I think really today because we're hitting on travel, when we can go wherever we want to go, I'm gonna ask everyone, where do you wanna go? Denise, where would you like to go if there's no restrictions right now? Where are you jumping on a plane and where are you going?
3: Well, I know you're gonna think that this is a setup, but the truth is I'm going to London in December and a bunch of my friends wanna go. Um, we. Back in 2019, we went, we missed Kew Gardens, we really wanted to do that, but we loved it so much that we were going to make it an annual trip, and then the pandemic happened, so we're picking up this year, we're going to go back in December, so I'm really excited to go.
1: Fantastic. Christina, how about you?
2: Well, you know, you have inspired me with your background, I have to say, and I've lost my tan. So I have to say, the islands of Tahiti. Virgin, I'd love you to fly there from San Francisco or from LA. Um, I'm just, I, that was my last flight uh, in 2020. Uh, I, when the flight was canceled, and I just, I'm ready to go back and freshen up my tan.
1: <laughs> love the sound of that. And um, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to kick it off to Simon. But Bahamas, Thanksgiving, that's the plan. So we'll, we'll figure that out. Simon, how about you?
4: So the, our last trip, I would the UK and this will involve the UK, but our last trip before the pandemic hit was New Year's in Cape Town. And actually a plug, Virgin Atlantic is relaunching Cape Town as being announced today. So you can connect through London to go to Cape Town. But honestly speaking, it, that was by coincidence. I love South Africa and Cape Town.
1: Fantastic. Well then, Joe, why don't you um, why don't you wrap this up for all of us? But I want to thank everybody again. It's honestly wonderful and absolute pleasure to see everybody. Joe, over to you.
0: Okay. Well, with that, I'd like to thank all of our panelists for their time today. I'm sure you will agree it was an informative session. If you'd like to learn more about BABC Northern California, please visit babcsf.org, or for our Los Angeles chapter, go to babcla.org. Thank you very much for joining us. Let's get a quick plug in on, on Christina's behalf. I've never been to Tahiti, so you and I will be talking. <laughs> I'm sure everyone on the call will agree it was an informative session and it's all got us a little bit excited for travel again. I'm certainly keen to get flying again and look forward to visiting the UK for Christmas. So, Simon, hold me a spot there, please, on one of your planes everyone visit virginatlantic.com get to england enjoy your time in london secure your seats and for other corporate and leisure travelers reach out to christina at christina doctorini at thank you for listening please like and subscribe to our podcast on itunes or your favorite platform your likes and reviews really do help us reach new listeners